Hello, 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 my Let's Talk family. Once again, we are bringing you a business spotlight edition of the show. I am so, so excited and happy to have Leslie Davis. She is going to talk to us about a lot of things. We're going to talk about weight loss and purpose and her book, You Can't Eat Love. So we're going to talk about that as well. But we'll do a formal introduction when we get back. So let's talk. We're back. So thank you once again for joining us. I'm your host, Regina Smithwick, and we are on Let's Talk 1943, the Business Spotlight Edition. So Leslie Davis, thank you for joining us on this platform today. How are you? I'm doing great. I've really been looking forward to talking to you. Um, I've been listening to your podcast and watched a few of the YouTube videos. Oh, and I was like, oh my gosh. She is giving the view a run for their money. All right. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. (laughs) Well, and I found it so much more enjoyable to watch and to listen to than the view because, you know, you talk, you tackle topics head on, but in a very non-controversial way. Instead, you tackle them with love, with care, with kindness and, um, with you know opening up somebody's mind to possibilities and uh, anyway i really enjoy it so thank you so but much for what i you needed do. you you know how the universe works i need that was beautiful because that is my focus and that's what we are here to do exactly what you said is my purpose is to do it and do it with grace and class and but put the truth out there you know and you take what you decide to take and what you don't leave it it's not a situation we're going to make you do anything but it makes you think that's what we had to do. So thank you for um, for seeing my vision. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank That's you for having the vision. <laughs> yes. So let's go ahead. I want to go ahead and dive in because I have been reading about your information here. And it's been really intriguing, especially the weight loss, because I actually um, lost over 100 pounds as well. So I know the, the struggle. I know the battle. Um, but I think you can make it easier because you have certain things that you're doing. So let's start off with your weight loss journey. Like what the, okay, what was the factor? What made you decide to lose weight? Well, you know, like so many other people, um, I hit a point in my life where I I felt like everything was just imploding, falling in on me and I needed to make a decision. I had Mm -hmm. two choices. I could keep going the direction that I was going and it wasn't working out very well for me, Mm -hmm. or I could go a different direction. And what I did was I looked really hard at myself and I said, okay, I want to get healthy. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, what does that look like? Okay. Well, I want to get healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I tell people now that if I would have known how hard it was going to be, I don't know that I would have ever started. But fortunately, like so many things that we do that are hard, we don't know how hard it's going to be and we just keep plugging away. That's right. Um, And so I I started and where I began was what I thought I could 
do the easiest, which was to lose the weight. And losing the weight was sort of the easiest part, but what it really uncovered for me is the real wounds that I needed to heal. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I like about what you do is you talk, you know, very openly um, without any reservation about God and how God is in our mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, it was God who helped me to figure out and to see that I really was valuable um, mm -hmm. because I thought that nobody loved me. And it turned out that the only person who did not love me was me. It was you. Yeah. That, that was it. And um, through the process of learning, you know, how to manage the food part of my journey, I mm -hmm. uncovered that I was using food as my drug of choice. I was okay. using it to fill what I call the myself sized hole in my heart. Oh. And, uh, because I didn't know how to fill it with love. Mm -hmm. And one of the Bible verses that stood out to me, and it was like, I'd been reading it over and over and over every day. And suddenly one day I tell people, it was like, you know, light bulbs came on, the neon sign started flashing. And I'm not going to quote it exactly because I never do. Verbatim. But... <laughs> <laughs> the verse was, you know, that, that God healed my broken heart and Jesus mm -hmm. bound up all my wounds. Now, you yeah. know, for those of you who are literal Bible people, I apologize. Mm -hmm. I butchered it. But you know what? That's the way that I see it. Um, and it was as I started realizing that my heart is what needed healing the most that I really began the journey to understand the emotional uh, wounds that I had and the, the mental wounds that I had. Mm -hmm. and, and as I healed those things, my drug of choice food started losing its grip on me. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I was able to lose almost a hundred pounds, which, you know, is a feat in and of itself, as you well know, mm -hmm. but the keeping it off part. That's the key. That's you right. could lose weight. Everybody could lose weight because if you, you, you know, calorie deficit. So if you yep. don't eat, you're going to lose weight. That's that's the simple part. What the problem is and what a million, millions and billions of dollars that people are making off of us every year is because we are not getting to the symptoms. We're just putting, we just kind of putting a bandaid on an issue and keep doing the same thing over and over again. Instead of us saying, okay, why do I keep doing this to myself? What is the problem here? Why do I keep self-sabotaging myself? Why do I keep not loving myself enough to keep damaging my body like this? Because it, 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 it does take a toll on you. You keep losing, gaining, losing, gaining, right? So what you're saying is, and I know we're going to get to, is you figured out what it is so you could continue to have a longevity of the weight loss because now it's a part of your life. It's not just losing weight. It's not just a diet. It's your lifestyle now, correct? That's, that is 100% correct. And that was what I realized and what I uncovered as I was, you know, tracking my food. I started um, writing down how I was feeling on the days when I would, you know, fall off my plan. And I started recognizing the symptoms of um, the, you know, self-sabotage and the thoughts that I was having and the negative thoughts that I was having and how I would get myself on that treadmill 
you know, of course you can't do this and, and all of that other negative self-talk. And I don't really want to pour that out into the universe because negative self-talk doesn't help anybody. Right. Um, but the first thing that I did as I was catching myself in those negative self thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, was I started forgiving myself because, mm -hmm. you know, God forgives us. And when God forgives us, he forgets whatever it is that we've asked for his forgiveness for. Right. Mm -hmm. So my thought process went, okay, if God is forgiving me for the things that I'm asking forgiveness for, and he doesn't pick them up and carry them around and chase me down with them and remind <laughs> me about them every 30 minutes, mm -hmm. who am I to, to, do, that to do it to myself? Mm -hmm. So I started practicing forgiving myself for when I would make what I called a not so good choice. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would hear people talk about cheating and choices. And I realized you can only cheat three ways mm -hmm. on your taxes, on a test <laughs> or your significant other. That's oh. it. Anything else is a choice. Mm -hmm. And words became very important to me, the words that I was speaking to myself, because I wanted to be speaking words of affirmation and encouragement. Mm -hmm. So I realized there are only three choices. There are great choices, good choices, and not so good choices. There are no mm -hmm. bad choices. No. And as I started doing that and forgiving myself for not making good choices, the, the burden became lighter and lighter and the need for my drug of choice became less and less. And I started recognizing and realizing that I was filling that myself sized hole in my heart with love, love mm -hmm. from myself. And here was the beauty of it. I quit looking for love from other people. Oh yeah. That's it. That's it. That solves a lot of problems right there. When you look inside of yourself and look into God and because God love you more than anyone ever could love. And I think a lot of times with people, it's hard because they need to see a tangible love. They, you know, they need to see a person actually saying to them physically, I love you. And they're not realizing that God's love shows so, so, so amount. I mean, the, the love that he shows is so, you can't even imagine, you can't even measure it. But it's hard for some people to see it because they don't see it. And so when you say what you're saying, um, Leslie, it makes a lot of sense. But a lot of people still, they get you and they understand it, but it's still not physically in their realm. They can't physically see it. So I think that's why a lot of people fight with that. Because they're like, well, I know God loves me, but, you know, I, I, I don't feel it. I don't know where, where the love, where's the love? Well, and, and that was hard for me, but what I started to realize, and you know, and this stuff didn't happen overnight. I mean, here you and I are talking and people are probably thinking, oh, well, it took her, you know, two days, five days, whatever. <laughs> no, it, it's been a journey and it's a journey that I began it back in, um, 2016. Okay. And mm -hmm. here we are in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's a journey just like anything else. Every day I work on the same thing. Mm -hmm. It just gets a little bit easier. But what I came to understand is I was looking for something that I thought I didn't have. 
And the only thing that I was missing was what was right in front of me. And I tell people sometimes, if you're familiar with the movie, The Wizard of Oz, you know, right there at the end, the wizard, Mm -hmm. you've got the lion and the scarecrow and the tin man and Dorothy. Mm -hmm. And the wizard says to the tin man, you know, here, here is a heart. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, the tin man had a heart all the time. He just needed a physical object to, See, to let him know that he had one. Right. The mm-hmm. scarecrow believed that he didn't have any intelligence, and so he gives him a diploma. And truthfully, the scarecrow had all the intelligence. He simply didn't have the piece of paper affirming that he mm-hmm. was intelligent. The lion believed that he was cowardly when he was really brave, and he needed a medal to remind him that he was really brave. So what I came to realize is people, myself, I wanted something physical to affirm what I had inside that I couldn't hold and touch and look at. Mm -hmm. So the way that I started coping with that is I started doing what I recommend that people do is I started writing and having conversations with my very best friend in the whole wide world. And uh, uh, people will say, so you journal. No, I don't journal just because, you know, I don't like the word. But I write in notebooks. I've got (laughs) stacks of notebooks that I've written in. And I write every day and have conversations with my very best friend in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. Rarely do I reread the information. And the Mm -hmm. reason is when you and I are having a conversation, just you and I having a conversation, nobody is around recording it, are they? No. No, we're just having a conversation. We work at it out. You tell me, you know, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, Leslie, forget that. You know, that's a terrible idea. That That's what I do with my very best friend in the whole wide world. It's as if we're having a conversation, we're working things out. So I rarely reread it. Mm-hmm. But what I discovered is as I talked more and more to my very best friend in the whole wide world, which is me, the mm-hmm. less I needed affirmation from other people Mm. the more comfortable i became with speaking kindly to myself with reminding myself how wonderful i am with telling myself how proud of myself that i am and the less i needed that from other people and here was the giant light bulb moment i can only control me i cannot control anyone else that's right And when I am looking for something from somebody else, some words of affirmation, some words of encouragement or whatever it is, I am going to be disappointed because they will not be able to give to me what I cannot give to myself. That's it. That is something that I had to learn. It seemed like a lot of this stuff is so like elementary, right? It seemed like everything you're saying is supposed to be so simple. Obviously it's not. Because if it was so simple, all of us would be in harmony and we all would be on the same wavelengths and the same mindset. So obviously it's not as easy as it sounds. So you made some good, valid, valid, valid um, points. I wanted to ask you too, you, you had said something that caught my attention that you wasn't loving yourself. And I, and I, think what we do we play my our mind plays tricks on us because we don't love ourselves so we think others don't love us so we find things you know somebody always somebody told me one time you seek you shall find and a lot of times when you're in uh in your friendships or, or relationships or any kind of 
we find something to try to justify how we feel about ourselves because we cannot be happy if i'm not happy with me i gotta sabotage these relationships because they gotta match up how i feel about me so a lot of times what we do is we do these things because he's like it can't be possible because if i don't love myself how can you love me and of course it sounds silly when you say it out loud but your actions do it all day long so mm -hmm. that was something amazing that i just when you just said it i was like oh it clicked it makes sense it makes total sense and something else you said that well something that i actually read about you about the myths of your journey about the myths and what did you do to keep going after you you know how can you get that these myths out of there for you to continue your journey because you're going to continue had to fight with yourself because it's a process it's not it's not like you said two three five days it's a and you're still doing the process right that's so right give us some some tips on how to get those out of your head so you can continue your journey well, I I had I realized that I needed to be honest with myself because if I was not being honest with myself, I was not going to be able to be my true self. So I started confronting the lies that I was telling myself and I, I wrote them down, you know, uh, and one of my favorite lies is, you know, if nobody sees you eating it, it doesn't have any calories. Oh, um, <laughs> I wish that was the case. Oh, I'll be eating that night by myself all the time. Oh, I wish that was the case. <laughs> but you see, that's a lie that we tell ourselves. Um, and the, you know, another lie is if it, if you eat it off of somebody else's plate, it has no calories. <laughs> and then there is my most favorite. If you eat cookies with Diet Coke, they have no calories. What? Uh, yeah. You actually told yourself this? Oh yeah, yeah. And it worked, obviously. Uh, yeah, right, it really worked. <laughs> <laughs> so a as I was starting to, you know, write down the food that I was eating, mm -hmm. I was confronted in black and white or purple and white or pink and white or whatever color I was writing in mm -hmm. with the truth. I was being confronted with the fact that um, Leslie, excuse me, you know, you just ate half a batch of cookie dough. You it's just absolutely. ate half a package of Oreo cookies. You just ate an entire bag of barbecue potato chips. Oh, my favorite. And, and as I was being confronted with it, because I would try, this is how, how, you know, crazy my mind works. I would be writing down my food and I'd say, oh, I don't want to write that down. And this, this is where... Um, you know, God comes into the whole thing, really, because okay. as I'm saying to myself, I'm not going to write that down because, you know, if we don't write it down, if it's not recorded, it didn't happen. Right. That's right. That's right. But God says, you know what? I see everything. Mm. And the, the book, You Can't Eat Love, actually, God told me to write the book, but mm. he also instructed me to leave him out of it. Mm. to leave mention of him out of it on purpose intentionally so that his words my words my story could reach people who did not have a relationship with him. with him and if you read the very very beginning my dedication you know it's dedicated to him um but anyway 
I say in the book that there are three people inside of you. There's me, myself, and I. Me and myself want us to be happy. I sees everything. So I, I said, I say that when I would not record foods, when I would, you know, pretend that I hadn't eaten something, when I would tell myself these lies, the world would see the evidence <laughs> of what I was doing. That's right. Only me and myself weren't seeing it. And I was seeing everything. So one day, not all that long ago, I was really, really angry with somebody and I was writing in my um, notebook and I said, well, I'm not going to talk about that because um, I, I, I don't want it to be, you know, where anybody can see it. And I showed up and said, um, exactly who is it that you don't want to talk about this to? <laughs> <laughs> you think yeah. I don't already know what no. you're thinking? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. Yes. So wh what I try and help people do is recognize me and myself want you to be happy. I sees everything, but more importantly, the world sees evidence of what it is that you're doing. That's you're not true. hiding anything from, nobody. Mm -hmm. from anyone. So let's start by being honest with ourselves, And then I will talk about um, boundaries. You know, the, we actually have two boundaries. We have a boundary with ourselves, and we have a boundary with the rest of the world. And when we are not loving ourselves, not taking care of ourselves, and we're doing what I call sacrificing ourselves on the altar of everybody else, mm -hmm. what we are demonstrating, what we are without words saying to somebody else is this is how I want you to treat me. Because the world is seeing that you are speaking badly about yourself, that you're not taking care of yourself, and that you are willing to do whatever it takes just so that you get a crumb of affection or love or kindness. That was and me. So, and so when you say, when you say to somebody, you cannot speak to me that way, you cannot treat me that way, but you're turning around and you're speaking to yourself in that way or you're treating yourself in that way your actions speak louder than your words that's right so when i started being honest with myself and saying okay i am not going to allow myself to speak to myself that way anymore and i started building the boundary with myself mm -hmm. well then the world started seeing oh okay, I can't do what I used to do because she is no longer right. accepting that. Her actions are saying, not, not her words, her actions are saying this is no longer acceptable. That's right. Now, here's the crazy thing. When we start taking care of ourselves, when we start loving ourselves and treating ourselves with kindness and we start changing into the person that we are intended to be, mm -hmm. the people closest to us don't like it. And the reason they don't like it, it right now, Leslie? the reason they don't like it is because they have to do something. They either continue doing what they're doing, in which case you will move them out of your orbit, or mm -hmm. they have to start making some changes so they can remain in your orbit. And that can be difficult. If you, I have said that on my show many many times we had a show called my tribe and that was one of the conversations 
between you making changes and even with the weight loss, when you have when you make changes that people could physically see, it actually turns the mirror on them because they will use you as a uh, marker or they'll use you as a uh, um, I guess I could say a marker. So let's say that you was the heaviest one and they was maybe right under you, but you was always heavier than that person. So they'll go, well, I, I got some weight on me, but I ain't big as her. So they'll use you as that marker, that benchmark. And then when you go and lose weight and then now they're the bigger one, they, so if they're not ready for it, they're going to say, oh, you think you're all that now? You all conceited. You think you're that, blah, blah, blah. You know, you look sick, you look something, you look this and that. Because it's not the fact, you can't believe what they said. It's talking about them. They're talking about their selves. And it's just using you as that, that springboard because they don't want to deal with the weight because they didn't have to. Because as long as you were bigger, they didn't have to deal with it. So now the mirror is turned on them. So like you just said, either they're going to do something about it because they know they need to and stop using you as an excuse because they always can use you. Or they're going to have to just leave you alone because you're not gonna the boundary you set on you now you're not gonna let her just do that to you no more so either she got an exit stage left or she's gonna have to work on what she got to work on something got to give though she got to do something she can't just sit there and do nothing that's right and that's why it becomes really critical when we start making those changes and loving ourselves and being you know solid in mm -hmm. who we are and what we will and what we will not accept mm -hmm. That's when we need to be so crystal clear that I am not in control of somebody else. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I am only in control of me. So those people, as you were just talking about, mm -hmm. they can suddenly become very vicious and attacking. Mm -hmm. And that's also when what I like to call the diet police will show up. <laughs> oh. oh, don't eat. Oh, please don't eat nothing outside. Oh, I thought you could eat that. I thought you could exactly. Exactly. The diet police show up. Or what are, you, what are you doing wearing that new outfit? You just got a new outfit not that long ago. You know, anyway, those critical people become even more critical because, as you said, you know, the mirrors turn back on them. But yeah. if we keep reminding ourselves, I'm only in control of me. I am not in control of them. That's right. And if we let their words, their unhelpful words, their unhelpful actions fall on the floor with what I like to call a thud and a splat and let it just spray back all over their shoes, mm -hmm. then we can continue moving forward. Because here's, here's the big thing. We do not need to react to every single thing that somebody says or does. No way. You're right. That's not and our job. And we can get them quiet mm -hmm. more quickly if we simply give them a look or a non-look than if mm -hmm. we engage. Because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for engagement that's so true. they can reclaim their power in controlling your life. In your situation. But you know what I think, too, if you use the same scenario... If you was at a point that you wasn't loving yourself and you wasn't doing right by you, you was attracting people that either know that that's what you was about so they could take advantage or they was in the same boat as you. Right. You attract who you are. So in most cases, it's not like everybody's mean, everybody's mean spirited. It's not that. You may look out and have some good friends that were really, truly good friends. They saw you as a good person mm -hmm. and they're happy for you and they're 
um, enjoying, you know, you being happy for yourself and they're encouraging you. You do have friends like that. It's not like you don't. But majority of the people, when you make changes, you're going to get rid of a lot of people because remember where you was at at that time, you was not respecting your boundaries or yourself or you wasn't loving yourself. So you were just taking anyone in who took you. But when you get that, that awakening, you go, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. I was being abused this whole time. I didn't realize that these people was like taking advantage of me or they were using me for their springboards or they were using me as benchmarks. They really didn't care. They were just saying, well, she's worse than me. So I hang with her. So I just feel better about myself. And when you wake up, that's sort of, those are the people that you got to have to make decisions or they're going to have to do something. So I don't want to make it seem like there's not good people out there that was actually love you when you was in that moment because they just knew you they knew you better than you knew yourself they saw that in you before you saw it in yourself there are people like that but majority of times the ones you were hanging out with wasn't really for you and most well, you know we're we are we are puzzle pieces and mm -hmm. we always look for the you know the other half of our puzzle piece mm -hmm. and uh one of the things that i started recognizing is i was so desperate for affirmation and so desperate, you know, to be heard mm -hmm. that I was running after people who did not have the capacity to give me any kind of validation, affirmation, feedback, anything, because they required so much validation, affirmation, um, and need to be heard. That's right. And also I realized that I had surrounded myself by people who listened to talk they mm -hmm. didn't listen to hear what it was that i was saying they really weren't interested in what i was saying mm -hmm. but they were more interested in listening for me to take a breath so they could start talking <laughs> have you ever been in a conversation with somebody where you know you're expressing either you know great joy or great sadness and all of a sudden when you take a breath they're jumping in let let's pretend you know that uh you were in the grocery at the grocery store and somebody you know ran their car into the back of your car and your brand new car and you're telling somebody this well next thing you know they're telling you about this ginormous wreck that they had 10 years ago and going into extreme <laughs> detail and they're not paying attention at all to how upset you are over the fact that your three-day-old car is now demolished and totaled Right. It's, the reason why I'm laughing because this is so true. It happens all the time. Yeah, they, they, they hijack the conversation, and they be like, "Okay, yeah, good. With that, what? The, okay, can I? Okay, go ahead. What you got to say?" And then, <laughs> yes, that happens all the time. It, we had uh, another show called Communications, and that was one of the things that you do in Double Dutch. You're just trying to jump in the conversation, and you're not hearing. So if I ask you what I said, you probably can't repeat nothing I said because you're too busy going, okay, when are you going to stop talking so I can, I can say, I can talk, I can talk, I can talk. That happens all the time. Is is this bad communication skills that a lot of us had. You know, I had to learn to kind of slow me up too. I listen. I'm a good listener, but yet I'm a good talker too. So I had to learn how to kind of balance that out a little bit so people could kind of, you know, say what they got to say. So I, I told you, but it, it takes practice. Like anything in this world, you, we do so much about our jobs, 
our organizations. We do a lot for that. But when it comes to just doing it for us, like investing in ourselves, um, teaching ourselves, learning ourselves, reading so we can learn more about how we are, we don't do that. We don't invest in ourselves. We invest in everybody and anything else. You know, that's how yeah. we do. Well, and, and at the end of the day, um, I'm glad that you brought up the communication thing because mm-hmm. part of the discoveries that I made were that I wasn't even listening to myself. Mm. And so now I use phrases with myself and with other people uh, when I'm talking about feelings. Well, I can only imagine, you know, how you felt. And of course you felt that way because, you know, X, Y, Z, or tell me more about that, Mm -hmm. or I'm hearing you say so that I am engaging actively in listening and not hijacking a conversation. Right. And I do and exactly what I do. What I just did with you is my way of doing it. I always nod and I always go, okay, because I want you to know I'm hearing you. That's my way of telling you I hear what you're saying. Everybody has their ways of doing it, but I always like to acknowledge a person to let them know I'm hearing you because I know many times I have conversations with someone and they'll be either on their phone looking down or they over here or they over there. And you're like, you listen, I could do more than one thing at one time. So I'm listening to you. I hear you. I would like to embark on a campaign against multitasking because truth of the matter is, and they've done scientific studies on that, Mm -hmm. you cannot multitask. Your brain is hopping from one thing to the next thing. It's much like a radio scanner scanning up and down, you know, the Mm -hmm. bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Um, Your brain is doing that. So it's engaging in microseconds of things right. where we think we've tricked ourselves, we've bought into the, the lie that we can multitask. But mm. you know, when when we're dealing with humans and especially with ourselves, it is so mm-hmm. critical that we listen, that we acknowledge what they're saying. And part of the journey that I went on was um, learning how to name my emotions. And I tell people, it's not that I didn't know the names of emotions, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to name my emotions. Mm-hmm. I knew mad and angry. I knew those really, really well. I also knew shame really well. Um, but to be able to say, and to be able to say it out loud, right now I'm feeling very sad because, you know, whatever it is. Right. And to be able to push back when someone says, and I'm sure you've heard this one, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, I heard that. And now I understand that let people be in their feelings, like whatever it is, claim the feeling and deal with it. And you can move on from it instead of you trying to suppress or hide it from yourself. I had to learn that. I had to learn that. I like, I felt this way. I'll tell somebody in the conversation, I know this don't sound right. I shouldn't feel this, you know, way, but I would say, look, this is how I feel about it. Right or wrong and different. That's how I'm feeling right now. I mean, well, it, is, it, is. It, it is what it is. And I, I started understanding that nobody gets a vote in how I feel. How I feel is how I feel. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I do. I vote that you should not feel that way. <laughs> Imagine if this world was like that, right? Oh, my gosh. 
But that's what they're saying when when they say to you, you know, if you're saying, you know, right now I'm feeling very sad, I'm feeling very, you know, hurt, I'm feeling mm -hmm. what I'm feeling very happy, mm -hmm. I'm ecstatic, you know, whatever. And somebody says to you, well, you shouldn't feel that way, really. Well, exactly how should I be feeling? Um, but the other thing is you you don't get a vote in how I feel just as I don't get a vote in how you feel. But that's the thing we have to learn, right, Leslie? Right, that's exactly right. We do. We don't understand that we could do what we want to do. We, when you're, I, I'm vibing with you because a lot of the same things you went through, I went through. And when you start claiming yourself and claiming you, it's a change because people are not used to that because they used to have that vote in your life. They exactly. Used to, they used to vote for you. They used to tell you, well, no, that's not how you should do this. You shouldn't do that. Why are you wearing that? Well, you feel that way. Why you feel that way? You shouldn't feel that proud. You or you shouldn't feel. You should humble yourself. You shouldn't feel. The, you know. No, I'm not. I am great. Yeah, that's what God yeah. told me. I'm great. So I'm not going to down myself because you want me to do that because you're what you used to doing to me. And now I'm claiming who I am and I know who I am now. So you're not going to tell me how I should feel about or how I should talk or how should I do because I don't do that to you. You can do whatever you want to do. So why do I need to stop doing what I got to do? So I got you because it happened to me. It happened to me. When you find who you are, there's going to be people in your life who are going to try to down your light. They're going to turn your... I said, get some sunglasses because I'm not going to turn it down. Exactly. Which goes back to also starting to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Starting to put myself first and doing what I call putting my oxygen mask on first. You know, people will try and say to you and people said to me, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing those things which were taking care of me because, you know, then you're not taking care of them. Right. But what I came to understand is um, you've flown. I know you've flown. Oh, you yeah. have 30 seconds to get your oxygen mask on. And if you don't have it on, well, it's over. Okay. No. So if we're running around, which is what I was doing, running around chasing other people with your oxygen mask to put it on them. Mm. And sometimes I would even be chasing people who already had an oxygen mask on oh, thinking that they wow. need another one. Yeah. But what I was doing is I was depriving myself. And mm. I tell people when that plane lands, you're going to be laid out in the aisle. And they're going to step over you on their way off the plane saying, there's that nice person who helped me out. And where are you going to be? You know, <laughs> you're not going to be living your life. No, you're going to be six feet under. And on occasion, they'll think of you. Mm -hmm. So I understood in order for me to live my best life and help other people live their best life, mm -hmm. I need to take care of me first. That's and right. then that comes back around to these people who want to have a vote in your life. Mm-hmm. And they're going to tell you, well, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be, um, you know, reading those things. You shouldn't be taking those walks. You shouldn't be, you know, embracing a little bit of solitude so that you can contemplate. You shouldn't be, you know, taking time out to um, have one-on-one -on -one conversations with God. You shouldn't be, I mean, the list is long and lengthy, right? But here's the secret. They don't get a vote. They do not get a vote. We need to fill ourselves up so that we are able to give. We cannot pour from an empty pitcher. And what I had been doing is I was pouring from a very empty pitcher, spitting into it to the point that I had nothing left to spit. 
and yet still trying to put something in it so that I could pour out to other people. Mm-hmm. Now, you think that I didn't get pushback when I put the brakes on that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. <laughs> definitely. This conversation has been amazing, Leslie. I'm so happy that we had, you joined us today. This is going to bless a lot of people. This is totally going to bless a lot of people. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to put here, everyone, if you look on the screen, this is all Leslie's information, Instagram, Facebook, uh, her website, and her email is on the bottom of the screen. So please, please, please contact her. Um, How can they find your books? I know the one we talked about was You Can't Eat um, Love, but you have other books. So where can they find your books? Well, the best place to find anything and everything about me, including my books, is on the website, which is youcan'teatlove.com. Youcan'teatlove.com, everyone. Youcan'teatlove.com. Please look her up. This is amazing. As you see, the way she had spoke today, hands down. And I know your um, book is a bestseller on Amazon. So congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, congratulations. So, and I and I wanted to mention this because you mentioned about the cup and how things are full and not full. Um, I actually have a uh, journal book that I have out. It's called Ring Out Your Sponge. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's called Ring Out Your Sponge. So this is the funny part. <laughs> when you said that, <laughs> that's the analogy that I have on my journal book. It's called Ring Out Your Sponge. We ring out your insecurities, your validation issues, your low self-esteem, and we absorb your new belief systems, new processes, new ideas. So this journal helps you do that. Overcoming your obstacles and become a better you. So that is actually on Amazon as well. So if you're looking forward to reading her book, and when you're ready to do like she does and write out everything, just like I do, now you have a tool to write it out in. So bring out your sponge and then definitely read that book so you're able to do this. Because this is a great, great, great show. Thank you so much, so much, Leslie. I do appreciate you. So everyone, like you said, please look at her Instagram, her Facebook, her you um her um excuse me, her website and her email address. So until next time, everyone, let's talk 1943. This is the Business Spotlight Edition. You have been joined by your host, Regina Smithwick, and our guest, Leslie Davis. So we will definitely see you next time. God bless.